بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم الهمنا مراشد امورنا واعذنا من شرور انفسنا in the history of islam Allah tabarak taala has produced within the people of this ummah beginning with the era of sahaba radiyallahu anhum such examples for the people for the men and the women of this ummah whereas in previous shariats previous times the miracles the karamat the sacrifices that the people of the past had done Allah tabarak taala appreciated it so much that many a time the great women of the past would be mentioned either in what we call wahi and became part of quran maryam radiyallahu anha or on the tongue of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he spoke about the woman who would comb the hair of the daughter of firaun allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said when going for miraj from her grave a smell came in front of me such a beautiful fragrance i asked the angel that which woman was this on account of what did she receive this he said this was the woman that combed the hair of the daughter of firaun and while combing the hair the comb fell so she read la ilaha illallah the daughter looked at her and said do you have a ilah besides my father and like how a small girl is she ran to her father firaun had the woman called in front She was told to forsake whatever she was believing in and to bow in front of Firaun. She had with her a very small child breastfeeding. She was threatened with the child. Harder it is for one's life to be given than to see the life of a child being taken. But as the people of the past did it, Allah, in His honor for the people of this ummah, the very thing was going to happen. And how she made that sabr. The child's life was taken while the child was on her on her chest. She saw the child's life being taken. She made sabr. Thereafter, she was killed. How many years later, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam was to come in the world? He said, "The fragrance from the grave of the woman who combed the hair of the daughter of Firaun, from the Ansar of Medina Munawwara." in the initial bi'at that took place on the hands of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it is known as the famous bi'at of al aqaba nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam met with 72 of the ansar they had come to make a pledge of life that we will sacrifice our lives and the lives of our children from the 72 70 were men two were women from the two women that came one was known as ummu mani' radiyallahu anha this was the mother of muadh bin jabal radiyallahu an and the other is who we will speak about slightly her name was nasiba nasiba bin taqab al maziniya she was more commonly known as ummu ammara She was married to the great Sahabi radiyallahu anhu Zaid bin Asim 
from who she got two children, two boys, Abdullah and Habib. When 70 put their hands on the hand of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, these two women standing a little behind, without placing the hand on his Mubarak hand, they also repeated the words of the pledge. It was a pledge to be different from the rest of the world. They left a lesson to me and you that we also made a pledge. Although our pledge did not go directly on the hand of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but it was a pledge that Islam reminded us of. Allah tabarakta after taking out, after the creation of Nabi Adam alayhi salam, from the back of Adam alayhi salam, Allah tabarakta took out the souls of whoever was going to come. You was also taken out, I was also taken out. Thereafter a pledge was taken from us, Allah tabarakta said, Alastu bi rabbikum. Am I not your Rabb? And it was to this that me and you both answered, Bala. How Naseeba bin Tekab answered, me and you also answered. Naseeba bin Tekab Mazaniya radiallahu anha, she put her son Abdullah and Habib, they were very young at that time, and she made them make the pledge. At that time, what a young pledge it was. When normally someone will say, what will the small boy understand by a pledge of allegiance? But it was the thrill of the mother that my two children must not be left out. And what a pledge these two boys were going to make and how they were going to live up to it. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's hijrah takes place to Medina Munawwara. First is the battle of Badr. And very soon after it will be followed by the battle of Uhud. It was in the battle of Uhud where the people of Medina Munawwara were told that the army is coming to take revenge for Badr. Where the men stood up to defend Nasiba bin Taqab radiallahu anha. Not only was she a unique woman in the fact that she would give support, she would help she would give medicine, she would wound, she would treat the wounds of the injured. She was a unique fighter. She had trained the children how to fight, she was a fighter. In the battle of Uhud, when her husband and her two children stood up to defend Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Habiba bin Teka, Naseeba bin Taqab also stood Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looks towards them. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made a dua. He said, Allah, what a family this is. As we are hearing this year, me and you must both think that if my family and your family, our children, our own lives can be accepted to please Allah in the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many people have come in this world if they have gone Islam only remembered and made qadr of those people who sacrificed for Islam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah, what a family this is. Will you send your special mercies on this family? Will you bless it with your blessings? He says, this family has indeed made my eyes cool. 
Naseeba bin Taqab was not happy with the dua so much. He said, Oh Allah's Nabi, make more dua for us. Make the dua that me and my family can be your companions in paradise. Whenever someone in this world, when the women of the world, when the girls of this world are going through any difficulty, Naseeba bin Taqab radiallahu anha taught them a dua. That in your difficulty ask, that if I have to see difficulty in this world, in lieu of it, can I be blessed with the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lifted his hands and he said, Oh Allah, will you make them my companions in paradise? Nasiba bin Taqab became so happy at that moment, she said, this was a taqid and emphasis to her pledge. She said, Oh Allah, after today, Ma ubali ba'da dhalika, ma asabani fid dunya, that whatever difficulty has to come my way in this world, I will manage to walk through it, because I know when I reach the akhirah, my work is done. Whoever sees difficulty in this world, if they themselves can remember her words, whether you say it in your language, you say it in the Arabic language, مَا أُبَالِي بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ مَا أَصَابَنِي فِي الدُّنْيَا Rasulullah s.a.w. taught the people of this world that there will be a few years of difficulty. He even mentioned the age of this ummah is 60 to 63 years. We will see difficulty which might most of the time it goes away within a year, two years, three years. But there are those that Allah Taala lets it pull. It might pull for five to six years. It might pull for 15 to 16 years. But as she had said, after I know I will be blessed with companionship, whatever road this world takes, oh Allah, I'll be ready to tread it. In the battle of Uhud, while she was busy treating those that were ill, those that were wounded, at the beginning of the battle, the Muslims launched such an attack on the kuffar. That in a few minutes already it seemed that victory was at hand. Sahaba radiallahu started chasing the enemy because of which those around Rasulullah sallallahu were very little. They did not feel there was a need now to defend. And then as we have learned in madrasa or in history, the kuffar thereafter launched an attack. The attack was launched from behind. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being surrounded with only about 10 of his companions. It was the one chance that the kuffar felt that if the end of the Rasul of Allah has to happen, it will happen now. At that time, Naseeba bin Taqab radiallahu anha, she threw down that medicine packs that she had and she pulled out her sword. First, she had no shield. Just with her sword, she began defending. She threw herself into the way of many swords coming down. Arrows were flying towards her. Allah made it such someone threw a shield, she was able to pick it up with shield in one hand, with a sword in the other. She says, I began protecting the Rasul of Allah. Until that very khabith, that evil man known as Ibn Qamiyah, extremely strong, she says, I saw him coming towards us like a mad camel. And I heard him saying, today I will destroy, 
I will see to the end of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She said he, as he lifted his sword to launch his attack, she said, I pushed myself into the way and put my shield in front. The strength with which he hit, cut through that shield of hers and hit her on the shoulder. Blood began gushing out. Using her sword, she pushed him back. She says, Mus'ab ibn Umayr radiallahu an then came in front. And he and Ibn Qamiyah began fighting. Ibn Qamiyah thereafter launched an attack on Mus'ab ibn Umayr radiallahu an. And it was at that moment that this great Sahabi of Islam was martyred. By that time, other Sahaba radiallahu anhum came. Nasiba bin Taqab's son was firing arrows in the protection of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in front of the eye of his mother. She saw the sword falling and blood coming out from his shoulder. As a mother would normally scream, thinking that that was the end of her son, she rushed forward. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam pointed to one person of the enemy and said, Oh Nasiba, do you want to see the one who cut your son? Do you want to take revenge? And she says, with revenge in her eyes, she went forward towards that man. After a few rounds of what is called with the sword hitting and defending, Allah Taala blessed her and she was able to bring him to the ground and kill him. Nabi Wasallam smiled and he says that indeed you have taken the revenge of your son. Her son was not martyred on that day but deadly injured. Nasiba bin Taqab radiallahu anha was injured. Many sahaba radiallahu anha on that day lost their lives. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on that day said, Ma iltafattu yawma uhud, yameenan wala shimalan. On the day of uhud, whether I looked on my right or I looked on my left, illa waraaytu ummar ummi ammara. I found that the mother of Ummara, meaning Nasiba bin Taqab, I found her fighting in my protection. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's words for her is something that me and you must work for. There will be those on the day of Qiyamah where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will say that whenever I ask regarding the halat and condition of my ummah, whether I turn towards the right, then I heard the name of a certain individual. I turn towards the left, I heard the name of a certain individual. Everyone who has come in this world will not be given the honor to stand up in the defense. How she stood up for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She was not bothered of the arrows. She was not bothered of the sword. She said, after I have got a promise that I will be his companion, whatever has to happen in this world, she said, it will not harm me. After having tasted what is the meaning of sacrifice for Islam and having enjoyed it, it was not that she got cut and she saw blood and she said thereafter to her husband that I'll never ever go to the battle again. She was going to teach the woman of this world that sacrifice for Islam is an honor. It is not a disgrace. Bleeding for Islam is an honor. After the battle of Uhud, she was going to be there in the battle of Khaybar against the Yahud. She was going to be at the pledge of Hudaybiyah, where the pledge was made, if we have to fight till death, we will fight. 
She was going to be in the difficult battle of Hunayn against the people of Taif. Nasiba bin Taqab radiallahu anha never missed out. But perhaps the greatest imtihanat of her life came just before the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Musaylama al-Kadhab was one who had made a claim of also being a Nabi. He made the claim during the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very close to the end. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wanted to send someone with a message to Musaylama. The child who had pledged allegiance many, many, many years ago, Habib, was selected. It was understood during that time that a ambassador or a qasid, a messenger, will never be attacked. But when Habib came to Musaylama Kadhab, Musaylama Kadhab forgot all principles and he had Habib brought in front of him. It is known in the books of history as one of the worst ways that a person was killed. He placed him in front and he said, that what message have you come to give me? He said, are you the one that says that Muhammad is the Rasul of Allah? And Habib radiallahu anh replied, most definitely he is. Thereafter, Musaylama Kadhab says, and what about me? Do you say I am also the messenger of Allah? The boy replied, لا أسمع ما تقول. And I cannot hear you, what are you saying? And Musaylama Kadhab lifted his sword and he cut his hand. With blood coming out from the hand, again he repeated his question, that do you say I am the Rasul of Allah? And the boy looked up and he said, لا أسمع ما تقول. And Musaylama Kadhab cut the other hand. And then he asked the question again, and the boy said, I do not hear what you are saying. And Musaylama Kadhab cut the leg. He says, in this manner he continued cutting limb after limb until the boy fell down dead in front of him. When the news of the demise of this boy and the manner, the cruel manner that Musaylama Kadhab had taken his life reached the mother, Nasiba bin Taqab radiallahu anha, she mentioned a word which the book of Tariq was going to remember. And if Tariq would remember it, then I don't think any angel would ever forget it. She was going to say a word which was a lesson to every mother of this world. I will read what she said and you will make that intention in your heart. That, oh Allah, my children must also be used for your deen. Like how she wanted her children to be used for your deen. When normally when the news of shahadat would have come, especially the manner in which Habib was killed, you would have expected a mother at that time to scream. But Nasiba bin Taqab, radiallahu anha, Ummi Ammara, she was going to say, مِنْ أَجْلِ مِثْلِ هَذَا الْمَوْقِفِ أَعْدَدْتُهُ وَعِنْدَ اللَّهِ إِحْتَسَبْتُهُ مِنْ أَجْلِ مِثْلِ هَذَا الْمَوْقِفِ أَعْدَدْتُهُ That it was for a period like this, it was for an event like this, it was for a happening like this that I had prepared my child. Meaning I had given birth to him for this. I had grown him up for this. I had always wanted his blood to be shed for the deen of Allah. 
She said, it was for something like this that I had prepared him. She had not grown up a child to become a farmer, to become a doctor. She had grown up her children for death, to die for Islam, to die for Allah, to die for the Rasul of Allah. She said, وَإِنَّ اللَّهِ إِحْتَسَبْتُهُ And I have great hope in Almighty Allah that I will see the reward of this day. She said, لَقَدْ بَايَعَ الرَّسُولَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ لَيْلَةَ الْأَقَبَ صَغِيرًا On the night of Aqaba, he was a very young boy when I made him take the pledge to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of life. وَوَفَّى لَهُ الْيَوْمَ كَبِيرًا And Almighty Allah today, when he is nice and big, when he is well mature, Allah Tabarakullah allowed him to fulfill the pledge that he made. Ummiyamara radiyallahu anha thereafter said, Oh Allah, I will not rest until I am part of the jamaat that takes the life of Musaylama. I will take the revenge of my son. It was in the time of Abu Bakr radiyallahu anha that the call was made that who will join the army to fight against the strong army of Musaylama? Where was Ummi Ammara and her son Abdullah going to stay back? She was part of the jamaat that was made that as we will enter the fort of Musaylama Kazab, and while others are busy fighting with his soldiers, there was one team that was made that you will target Musaylama himself. He was the most protected in that area. It was the most dangerous of missions. It was like you are walking into death. It was Ummi Ammara, the son Abdullah. It was Wahshi, radiallahu an. He went forward, he said, I had killed Hamza, radiallahu an. And I had broken the heart of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, with this very hand today, I want to make up for it. I want to be the one who kills Musaylama or I will be killed. Allah Tabarakullah wrote it for Wahshi radiallahu an and Abu Dujana radiallahu an. Ummi Ammara did go forward, she did attack and in that attack because of her getting injured, her hand was cut. She lost her hand, she was unable to continue with the attack. Wahshi radiallahu an and Abu Dujana killed. The son Abdullah came to his mother and said, Oh my mother be happy, you will be returning today. You will return today with one son less because Habib had passed away, and you will be returning with one hand less. As for Ummi Ammara, it was not I lost a hand, it was not I lost a son. For her, with happiness, she would return and say, that I had promised, after hearing from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that I will be his companion in Jannah, that after today, whatever has to happen in my life, even if it means my son has to be cut into pieces before he dies, everything I have kept it, understanding that my Allah will give me the reward for it. Another example that Islam left for the woman of the world, it's an example of a girl who grew up in the lap of luxury. Abu Sufyan would later, many years later become radiallahu anh, he was the Amir, he was the leader of Makkah Mukarrama. So his daughter would be like what we would say the princess. Her father was heard and obeyed by all. But Allah Tabarukullah wanted that how in the very palace of Fir'aun Musa salam grew up and in the house of Azar Ibrahim salam grew up 
It was going to be in the very house of Abu Sufyan, who was making sure no one was accepting Islam. In that very house, forget a son opposing the father, it was going to be his daughter Ramla, who would later on be known as Umme Habiba. When Abu Sufyan got the news of her Islam, he himself did not know how to say to his friends that while we were busy outside ensuring no one goes towards him, how did it reach my daughter? Understanding the disgrace that it would give to all of them, a lot of severity was placed on Ramallah, Umm Habiba radiallahu anha and her husband, forcing them somehow or the other to make them leave the religion of Islam. Life became so difficult for them in Makkah Mukarramah that when the news of the first immigration to Habsha was taking place, for Ramla bint Abi Sufyan and her husband, this was like a way out of difficulty. To leave the father, to leave the house, to leave the city, to leave a life of luxury. She was a princess that was now going to a life of poverty. But she was ready for it all for Islam. She left a message to the girls, to the mothers of the world, that even if you are a princess and you are going to die as a queen, if you don't die for Allah, it's not worth it. Many, many princesses and queens have come and gone. They saw the luxuries, they saw the enjoyments, they saw the perfumes, they saw everything of this world, but they did not die for Allah. Neither were they going to be remembered in the books of history. Neither were they going to be remembered by the angels. Neither was the grave going to ever be thrilled with their coming. Neither was the skies ever going to cry on their demise. Neither was the world of Jannah going to ever open its doors for them. But the end of that 63, 64 years came the end of a life of a princess and a queen. But then she would become just like one of the rest. Ramla bin Abi Sufyan was giving a message to the princesses of this world. I was ready to sacrifice my kingdom for Islam. You also do so. She made the journey to Abyssinia with her husband. The Quraysh, understanding who had gone over, they sent their ambassadors to try to say to the Christian king Najashi to influence him to send them back. They were called to the court. It was a time when Ramla was very, very worried that what if they return me back to my father? How will I ever go back to the land of Makkah Mukarramah? Allah Tawarukala made it. Jafar bin Abi Talib radiallahu and gave answers to Najashi. He became happy. And then Najashi sent them away. For Ramla, this was like life came back to her. She was so scared. And now she thought, at least now I can live a happy life with my husband. But what a world this is. It is called the world of if one imtihan comes to an end, many a time another starts. I remember once when one friend when his child got married, then he said to me that now that my children are married and most of my responsibilities in life is now over, he says, now I can just like relax and I got nothing to worry about. And it was not about one month later that he started getting pain and then they picked up that he has cancer. 
And I remember seeing him going through that long process of trying to get treated for cancer. After which he was going to finally pass away because of cancer. And on his death, and he had a very Mubarak death in the Mubarak city of Medina, Munawwara. But I remember that word when he said, I think finally now my life is like, what I needed to do, it's all done. In this world, this world is world of imtihan after imtihan. But we are not created to live for this world. We are created to die for the year after. Just when Ramla bint Abi Sufyan felt that life will now give her some ease, she had sacrificed her house, her family. She had come to a foreign land. She had left the life of a princess. She has a dream. That night she has a dream in which she sees her husband. He is like drowning fi baharin lujiyin. In an ocean whose waves are very strong. غَشِيَتْهُ ظُلُمَاتٌ بَعْدُهَا فَوْكَ بَعْدُ Layer and layer upon darkness is over a husband. وَهُوَ بِأَسْوَئِ حَالِ His condition was terrible. It's what we call like a nightmare. So she just woke up. Her husband perhaps might have even asked her what's wrong. But she mentioned nothing. She did not say to her husband, she would not say to her daughter Habiba. And then she went back to sleep. Allah Tabarakallah made it that what she had seen in a dream, her husband drowning in the oceans of darkness. It was not going to take a week or a month, it was the next day. That night she had the dream, the next day her husband comes to her and says, that I have decided to accept the fate of the Christians. Perhaps it was a shock for her or perhaps the dream had kept her ready for it. He became Christian either because he was in love with another Christian girl or because of his addiction to alcohol. Thereafter her husband was found in the taverns only drinking liquor. Ummul Khabaith, the mother of all evil. He would not stop drinking, he would not become sober. And then he says to Ramla bin Abi Sufyan, that either I divorce you and I marry somebody else who's more my type. And that is something that is happening on a very wide scale amongst the Muslim people today. Because of the internet and because of drugs, when that person takes his first pull and he is scared his wife will let his secret out. We have heard so many, may Allah tabarakala, never ever let it happen in our families. Where the husband then says to his wife, it's either you join me or you leave me. And understanding where she's going to go, the girl finally takes that drug. After taking the drug, we have heard of instances where now when there is no money to get more drugs, that very woman who had once upon a time not let any man see her, she now says to her husband that take me to the dealer. I will give my body over in lieu for a little drug that you need and I need. Normally a man is covered with ghayrat, I'll never do it. 
But we have heard many of examples where the man is taking. Sometimes he's taking his wife. We have heard of examples where he's taking his own daughter. Ramla bin Tabi Sufyan was given a choice. It's divorce or it's Christianity. In front of her was one of three options now. Either it is to return to Makkah Mukarrama to her father. But how will she manage that disgrace? Or either it is to accept Christianity. That's what she ran away from Kufar. Where she is going to go back to Kufar. And the final is that she just decides to take the divorce and stay in Habsha. But she is all alone. There is no family to protect her. There is no one to help her. Ummi Habiba radiallahu anha then says, I will choose that in which is the happiness of Allah over everything else, even if it means I have to live alone for the rest of my life. Allah Tawarukullah has his own system. It was not long after her husband became Christian, inna lillah, that he passed away. He did not even see the enjoyments he was looking for. By Allah it is known who will die with Iman, who will die in Kufr. He had made the Hijrat to Habsha in the Jamaat that was the first of the people who made Hijrat. He was so close to attaining such a high position but by Almighty Allah. But Almighty Allah knows best. As Nabi Wasallam said just before death, what the individual's reality is comes out. He died very shortly after leaving Islam and entering into Christianity. As for Ummi Habiba radiallahu anha Ramla, her iddat just finished. Her iddat just finished. And the khas khadima of Najashi was found at her door smiling. May I come in? I have brought a message from my master the king. He has said that the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has written a letter on your name. He has asked Najashi that to propose on his behalf he would like to get married to you. Wakili anki man tashain, whoever you want to appoint as your wakil representative so that the nikah can be made as quick as possible and you can be delivered to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. First she stood in shock trying to digest what was said. It was the habit of the Arabs when someone would give them glad tidings. Then whatever they had on them of value, they would try to give it as a gift. So she pulled out her bangles, she pulled out her earrings, she pulled out her rings. Whatever jewelry was on her body, everything was given over to the Khadima. The way she was giving it, historians write, it seemed at that moment she was so happy that if she was the Malika, the owner of the world at that moment, they say it seems she would have given the entire world over also. She appoints Khalid bin Saeed ibn al-As. She says he's perhaps the closest I have in this land. And the nikah is made. Najashi makes the khutbah. Khalid bin Saeed ibn al-As on behalf of her accepts. Najashi from his own wealth he pays the meher of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He lays down in front of her 400 gold coins. 400 gold coins are taken to her room. 
From there she takes out 50 immediately. Another message to left, she left to the woman of the world. That if you are waiting for wealth and ease, then the day that wealth and ease comes to you, don't keep everything for yourself. Allah's treasures, when the door opens, it doesn't close. So we must not close the door. Immediately she takes out 50 gold coins. And she calls this Khadima and says, When you gave me the glad tidings, Whatever jewelry I gave you was indeed not enough. She had given her rings, she had given her bracelets, she had given whatever she owned from the time of getting married. She says, indeed that was very small compared to the glad tidings you gave me. Please take this 50. As for the Khadima, the Khadima says, in fact I have come to return to you whatever you gave me. The king Najashi has begged me. And he said, I beg you, do not take from the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam even a single cent. She said, what happiness will you please take everything back? And tomorrow, the wives and the women of the court, they have been told to prepare the best of perfumes to send to you as a gift. And now you are going to be sent over to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She asked the Khadima, are you sure you don't mind when normally a khadima, someone who is not so wealthy, if they have to be given wealth, how they treasure it? But the khadima, she also mentioned a, something that is a lesson for me and you. She said, I only have one need. As for gold and silver, this world has enough. And when one goes, you're going. She says, I only have one need. That when you will stand in front of your husband, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will you give him my salams? And will you say to him that I am the khadima of Najashi? I have also brought iman on your hands. And I send you my salam. Ummi Habiba radiallahu anha, when she reached, on that very first meeting with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she was going to give this amana. She was going to explain about the khas khadima and how she gave everything back. And she said, the only thing I need for you is this one, my salam must be passed. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with great happiness made dua for her. And then he replied, wa alayha salam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. To die for the salam of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the mansha, was the trait of the people of Iman. If difficulty comes in our lives, then whether we hear the salam directly or it comes indirectly, or whether we hear it through Quran, we have to understand we are created for another world. It was a few days ago there was a jamaat in Azadwal. One of the car guzaris that were mentioned was, it was a pedal jamaat in Pakistan. And because of the difficulties they were going through, not in Pakistan most likely, in the Sindh area, where there's a lot of jahalat, a lot of animosity, a lot of like opposition to the work of tabligh. So an Arab jamaat was also sent for them to look after the jamaat, for the jamaat to give them courage. 
Whatever happened, wherever they were going, they were not finding anyone looking after them. The Amir of the Jamaat now became tongue, tired, frustrated, especially when he was unable to look after the Arabs. He became ill. That night he felt his fever is rising too high. He made an intention that tomorrow he will call the Jamaat. He will say to the Jamaat that unfortunately... I cannot manage because of my health. I want you all to appoint a new Amir. And you all will carry on until you all reach back to the Markaz. And there you can explain to them that because of ill health I had to return home. He made his decision. And that night he sees Rasulullah wasallam in his dream. Accompanied by Bilal radiallahu anh and Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. To die for the salam of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To die for his pleasure. Nothing that happens on the farsh, on the surface of the earth is such. Except that its mention is being made by the arsh. No cry, no difficulty, no sacrifice is going unknown. Everything is seen and has how Allah made arrangements for Ummi Habiba radiallahu anha. Almighty Allah will continue making arrangements for the pious of this ummah. No tear, no sacrifice, no drop, no blood will ever go unnoticed. For some it will be two years of difficulty, for some perhaps it might be 20 years. But the day that death will come, the individual will be able to say, after today I will never have to see difficulty again. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in the dream said to the Amir, that is it so fast that you are getting fed up, tired, frustrated and ready to run? He says, how is it that you forgot the sacrifices that I had to go through, especially at Taif? And he says, have you forgotten the sacrifices that Bilal had to go through? Radiallahu anh. And he says, have you forgotten the sacrifices that Abu Bakr had to go through? Radiallahu anh. And Nabi Islam said to him, make sabr, be patient, very soon things will open, your job is just to carry on. Then Nabi Islam says, however I have come to tell you, that you are going to very soon get two letters. Two letters are going to reach you and the news in the letters is not going to be good. So beforehand I am telling you, be ready. How Umm Habiba radiallahu anha was shown the dream where her husband was drowning. Almighty Allah in his kindness he prepares the people of Iman to say you are not alone in your sacrifice. Don't ever lose hope. Don't ever fall and collapse. We have an end in sight and a very beautiful life after. You are the princesses and the queens of tomorrow. Don't look for your kingdom today. Those who found happiness in this world, they did not find it in the year after. Ask Almighty Allah to give you the best of this world, but always ask for the best of the year after. That is a world that must not be lost. If that world comes with ease in this world, we call it Noor ala Noor, how wonderful. And if that world comes after difficulty in this world, it will only make that world even more enjoyable. So he said, in the one letter you will get the news that your daughter has passed away. He said, make sabr, have hope in Almighty Allah and continue. 
He said, then you're going to get another letter in which it will be mentioned that your mother has kicked your wife out of the house. Mother-in-law and daughter-in-law happens everywhere. It happens in Africa, it happens in Afghanistan, it happens in Pakistan. So because he was not there even in the dream, as though Nabi Sallallahu was saying, you know mother-in-law, daughter-in-laws. He says, your, daughter, your wife has been kicked out, she has gone back to live with her mother, she and your mother just can't hit it. He says, you continue. This world will come with its difficulties, very soon everything will open. Nabi Wasallam then gave salams to die for the salam. He gave salam for every single individual of the jamaat. He said, give him my salams and give him my salams, give him my salams. So this was a way to make sure that the dream will be told to the rest of the jamaat in the morning. In the morning he calls them and he explains, last night I intended to leave, but now nothing of that sort. What a dream I had, how I'm ready for it. She says, and as an honor, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam told me, I must give every one of you his salams, taking name by name by name. So one of the Arabs who were in the jamaat, he stood up. And he says, did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam take my name also? So the Amir sahib said, he took your name. So the Arab said, what name did he mention? Because the Arabs, they have, their name is such like how the father's name is also part of their name. Muhammad bin Abdullah. So they will have Muhammad, then they don't write bin, they just say Muhammad, Abdullah, and sometimes they put one other name. So many times when they come, they got three names. When they come to the markas, the person at the markas who's writing the name says, you know, your three names, you keep that to yourself. On our card, I don't have so much space. I will only write one name. He says, that's how it is and that's how everyone knows me by this one name. So he asks, what name did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mention of mine? And the Amir then mentioned his full name. The Arabs stood up and came and hugged and kissed him on his forehead and says, By Allah, not a single person in this land knows me by my full name. From the time I have come, I am known by this one name. He says, this Allah's qasam is a true dream. Allah's qasam is a true dream to die for the salam of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Everyone in the jamaat said, we will continue on our way. Whatever difficulties will come, difficulties will one day be lifted. We have come in this world to sacrifice, not to live it up. If ease comes together, then it is called nur ala nur, happiness upon happiness. If difficulties have to be seen on the path, then remember there was a woman who heard her child was cut into pieces while alive. And she said, after knowing I'll be the companion of the Rasul of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ma Ubali It will not harm me what happens after She says rather it is for this very day that I prepared my son It is for this very day that I prepared my son If difficulties has to come on the spot Then remember the lessons of Ramala binti Abi Sufyan Ummu Habiba Radiyallahu anha The mother of this ummah The wife of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam she sacrificed her kingdom. And after that sacrifice, she had to see further imtihanat. She had to see the imtihan of Habsha 
and the chance of getting sent back because of the delegation of Makkah. Then she had to see her husband becoming Christian. She was left alone to look after her daughter. She was given the choice, go back to Makkah, Mukarrama, where are you going to go back? When she saw that I don't think any more imtihans can come, now I am already finished. She was going to see imtihan after imtihan. But Almighty Allah is the one who is looking at it all. And Allah Tabarakta is the one who rewards. For some, they were rewarded to enter in the ziwaj, in the marriage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this world. For some, they were given the chance to become the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the year after. And for some, they are given the honor to be the companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whatever honor Allah Taala is giving, it is indeed something to be grabbed. This world is too short to die for. This world is too short to fight for. This world is too short to argue for. May Allah Taala allow us to be inspired by the unique woman of Islam as they pledged to the Rasul of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They and their children lived up to their pledge. They gave their lives they gave their families, they gave their blood, they gave their wealth. They saw difficulty and they smiled. They died while smiling. May Allah Tabarakta inspire all through their barakah, through their blessings. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.